0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Adam Ritz. Joining me on the telephone, as always, Jay Baker. Hey, Jay, how
1: are you? I am doing great. Looking forward to another award-winning show.
0: I want to tell you about uh, a great foundation I found called Matthew's Hope for Miracles. But before I do, uh, did you realize that this week was what they're calling a palindrome week?
1: Does that, is that a reference to the same thing? It says the same thing forward as it does backwards. That, is that what a palindrome is?
0: That is correct. So, you know, we had the world-famous Tuesday date of 2-22-2022. And I assume a lot of people got married on two, this past Tuesday, so they would never forget their uh, anniversary of 2-22-22. Uh, but yeah, that date two twenty two twenty two written backwards is also two twenty two twenty two, and that can be said for every day this week. So, for example, most of our stations are broadcasting this show on Sunday, two twenty seven of twenty two, and when you write two twenty seven twenty two backwards, you get two twenty seven twenty two. So happy
1: palindrome week, Jay Baker. (laughs) Thank you for that. And of course, keeping with the two theme, if you go to military time, there was a point in the day where it was the 22nd hour, 22nd minute, 22 seconds. And apparently there was a child or two born. I didn't get the full story because... Uh, the page refresh too quickly, but that would be kind of ironic if you were a child born on that date at that specific time. That's a big confluence of twos, isn't it? That would be 10 o'clock,
0: the 10 o'clock hour yes. on Tuesday night. Yes. So at, at 10, 22 and 22 seconds, if you were born at that exact moment, <laughs> military time, you were born at 22, 22, 22 on 2, 22 of 22.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, wait, wait
0: till that kid turns twenty-two years old. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be at that party. <laughs> I love that. No, I hope an, I'm still it's around. an
1: interesting story, absolutely. And you wonder if people bought two lottery tickets on that date, or I mean, any confluence of two, uh, you know, it's slightly superstitious, but it's also cool at the same time.
0: I wish I would have spent $2,200 on scratch off tickets last Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, Maybe maybe I would have won $22 million. So back to (laughs) Matthew's hope for miracles. This is we love these stories about pediatric cancer uh, organizations and foundations that help out. And this is an amazing story. Uh, about an 11-year-old kid in Pennsylvania who overcame pediatric cancer. He launched his own charity dedicated to helping families battle pediatric cancer. It's called Matthew's Hope for Miracles. Um, This week, the South Abington Board of Supervisors presented resolution, get this, 2203, declaring that uh, this young man named Matthew McDonald was their quote-unquote citizen of the day. Uh, Matthew was diagnosed with a rare form of pediatric kidney cancer. It's called Wilms' tumor when he was just three years old, Uh, and he has battled this disease and beaten it five times. He's 11 years old now, and through their charity work with his family, his mom and dad, they've raised over $65,000 to help battle pediatric cancer. So congratulations to the... uh, uh, McDonnell family and this young man in particular, Matthew McDonnell, for all of his work he's done with Matthew's Hope for Miracles.
1: Yeah, that's a great story. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. The battle still goes on. And I was going to tell you that this is that time of year where you think about potentially donating to some of these charities. And it's sort of the tax prep season, uh, that we're approaching, and they have changed many of the laws for charitable giving, making it easier for the average American to donate to their favorite charities. So check with your tax uh, professional, but uh, you may be able to give more this year uh, from hearing some of these great feel good stories.
0: That is. Uh... Excellent advice, Jay, and uh, it ties in with uh, what they're doing right now at Matthew's Hope for Miracles. They are currently planning their 5K and Family Fun event for this summer in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and they're currently accepting donations uh, and looking for sponsors. If you'd like to get involved, you can visit the Matthew's Hope for Miracles website uh, or search out Matthew's Hope for Miracles on Facebook Uh, They've got a very interactive Facebook page where you can make your donations and find out about their sponsorships as well. This is the Adam Ritz Show. We cover public affairs and try to have some uh, smiles along the way. And uh, we look to Jay Baker to bring some light to uh, some public service uh, awareness that's been happening coast to coast in America this week. What's happening, Jay?
1: Well, uh, as you will know, we scour uh, the world at large to find some feel-good stories, hopefully to influence you and help you live your best life. Uh, you know, they've always tied pet ownership into some very good feel-good things. Like uh, initially, they said that owning a pet helps lower your blood pressure and your stress level. Well, now, because of just sort of health interaction, lowering your stress level and your blood pressure is tied directly to your cognitive health. Health. There we go. <laughs> you know, so you know what I'm you talking about. You need a dog. About. Is
0: what I'm hearing is, is you, need a, I'm, you need a dog or I'm cat.
1: Your cognitive <laughs> health, and I think if you mispronounce that, that uh, you know isn't that uh, the first warning sign. But uh, I thought this was very interesting. They did a big research project at the University of Michigan Medical Center. They tested 1,300 people and found that the cognitive health. Of a number of Americans are helped along by owning a pet. So, this, you know, we talked about the fact that there were record pet adoptions during the pandemic, and those numbers have seen seem to hold up.
0: That uh, I do not. I don't have a pet, and I, I think uh, some people would say, Adam, you need a pet. When they hear this story, they'll say that that makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, and that's the thing. You know, pet ownership isn't for everybody, but I do find it interesting. You know we live in a country where we love our pets, and this is kind of indicative of the pets sort of loving us back. So just owning the pet actually is somewhat healthy. So if you are trying to convince someone in your family, hey, we should get we should get that pet uh, by all means. Uh, think about it. Does- now it just mentioned pets. You and I know that that can be a pretty wide expanse. You know, sometimes even somebody uh, can think of a a spider or a snake as as a pet. I don't know if that extends good health benefits. I know it's great during Halloween. We may count
0: as uh, having a pet. There is a gnat in my living room. that I think he lives in the plant. Uh, This one gnat just won't go away. I'm counting him as a pet.
1: Well, uh, you know how that is. You know, a, a Nats can be overachievers. So good for him. <laughs> hey, you talked about an individual, and this is a great story. A New Jersey teenager has been training for a fifty-mile ultra marathon. His name is Michael Ferrara, and he's doing it for an organization called Vet Rest. It's a nonprofit that mentors vets while providing farming opportunities. The gentleman who uh, founded this organization is very big on farming, uh, has found that uh, the production of food is obviously beneficial to the community, but it's also good for the mental health of veterans. And so uh, this New Jersey uh, teenager has been out training for the last seven months and he's getting ready to run a fifty-mile race in Tennessee on March nineteenth.
0: Fifty? Mi- is this? Is there bike and swim as well? Is, did, oh, no, marathon. it's you did, just I'm all on foot. Okay, that's and it's triathlon. one of those races. I, I'm getting confused here.
1: Yeah, okay. And it's one of those races where it starts at night because it takes so long to compete, and obviously, in March, you don't have to worry about. uh uh, you don't you don't have to worry about a heat as much, but it's one of those things that provides a little extra challenge by starting at night. But 50 miles Ugh. is quite an accomplishment.
0: Unbelievable. I, I've done uh, a couple in my younger days. I did two marathons, uh, the 26.2 miles. And uh, so basically twice as long. Are you kidding? Yes. You're telling twice. me when I cross the finish line to turn around
1: and go back the other way. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. Wouldn't that be called the... Uh, Oh, we forgot to mention this marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Turn around and go back. Uh, Here is a great, this is another feel good story. Organ transplants set a record in the year 2021. Health officials were concerned that the pandemic may not be able to be conducive for people to actually visit the hospitals if they were, you know, overloaded from uh, COVID cases. And also, you always get that concern, uh, are people keeping up with organ donation? You know, many uh, states allow you to mark on your driver's license that you'd like to be an organ donor, Mm -hmm. but uh, there were 41,000-plus organ donations during last year, and uh, leading the list were kidney, liver, and heart transplants. Those are still the big three. But believe it or not, there are so many transplants that we're capable of doing that even uh, corneas and intestines and other tissue can be donated.
0: That is uh, I, 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 you know when you, when you mention um, organ donations, you, you mentioned the top three, there kidneys and uh, heart and uh, I knew a guy, a friend of mine had a lung transplant. Uh, you think of those type of organs, I would have never guessed corneas, Your parts of your eyeball.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can actually give the gift of sight. And of course, you know, we're talking about potentially a tragic event, but your personal tragedy could be a great gift to somebody else. They are urging Americans, if you are so inclined, and we know this isn't for everybody, but to look into a donor registry Or let family members know that you would be very interested in organ donation. You know, I would say heaven forbid. But they say, according to the Mayo Clinic, they say that about 20 patients a day pass away due to lack of donor organs.
0: Yeah. And if that number can be reduced uh, and you're not going to need your organ where you're going, why not? You know, that that falls into the category of why not?
1: Yeah, that's what we're saying is, you know, it's a little somber, but uh, it's very helpful. Uh, This is also the time of the year that you have to be a bit concerned about seasonal affective disorder. And that's when you feel a little bit blue because of lack of sunshine. Now, if you're listening to our show in Tucson, Arizona, this may not be a big issue for you, but we're recording this, Adam, in the great Midwest and ultra-realistically, when is the last time we've had a sunny day? Uh,
0: I would say we had to have had. I've seen some blue sky and sunshine in the last week, definitely. Yeah, within uh, the last week. The The cliche has been, uh, I, I we grew up here, and uh, usually from November 1st until March 1st, you don't see the sun. It's gray, right. gloomy skies, and that seasonal depression you speak of, I have it. I'm guilty of it. I I hate it. I hate the winter. I hate this time of year. Uh, The the thing that keeps me going, and I don't know if, if you do this or any of our listeners do this, but this is the time of year where I start looking on my weather app, on my iPhone, every single day I look for two things. I look to see when the sunset is, and uh, today, the sunset is at uh, 6.27 p.m. And because the days are getting longer. And I hate when the when it's dark at 5.30, 6 p.m. The days are getting longer. We've got a sunset around 6.30 p.m. In another three or four weeks, the time changes. The sun will set at 7.30 or later. We're inching up towards 8 o'clock sunsets. That makes me smile. And then the other thing I look for is on my weather app, on my uh, iPhone, is there's a 10-day forecast. Every single mm-hmm. day when I get up, I don't I don't really care what the temperature is going to be today. I look at what the temperature is going to be in 10 days. And we're starting to inch up towards the 50s. And uh, that first day when I see the number 70 or higher in the 10-day forecast, that, that's, a big, you know, that's a big way to battle the, uh, that seasonal depression. Because you know the nice weather uh, is right around the corner. So check that 10-day you know. day forecast. If you're really sort of depressed about the, the dark skies and the cold temperatures, look at your 10-day forecast because we're going to start seeing some nicer numbers as uh, time moves on.
1: You absolutely nailed it, because uh, that's basically what health uh, professionals say. There's a couple different ways to battle seasonal affective disorder, and one of them is to have sort of a game plan, exactly what you just said, look on the bright side. I know it sounds almost silly, but it absolutely is. Take a look in 10 days, and 15 days, when will the sun be setting? And the other thing about the 10-day forecast, too, on your app is it usually indicates a day or two of sunshine, even in uh, murky winter weather. So you, you can you can even be saying to yourself, hey, this Thursday, it's going to be sunny. I'm looking forward to it.
0: And it's funny that you, you mentioned, you know, take a look on the bright side. When when you're if you're suffering from seasonal effectiveness disorder, look on the bright side. Literally, by looking yes. to see when the sun's going to set.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I I had a good friend of mine, uh, and he just said, "Hey, I'm I'm just getting this for friends." He's kind of a philanthropic kind of guy. He actually got me one of those sunshine lamps. Uh, it's not elaborate. It doesn't produce any heat. It's LED. You just plug it into your computer to recharge it, so it's pretty safe to use. If you put it on your desk, turn it on. you got to kind of point it away because it's a little bright. Uh, But I found it to be extremely helpful uh, on uh, real overcast days to feel a little bit more chipper.
0: They are bright. uh, A friend of mine has one. And when he turned it on, we were like, whoa. But it really, (laughs) if if you're in a closet type office with no window and you turn one of those lights on, you'll feel like you have a window with sun shining right in your desk.
1: It's really nice. They also say that vitamin D might help you. That is sort of the vitamin that you miss by not getting sunshine. But as with all things on the Adam Rich Show, we always say, please check with your health professional. We don't want you to say, hey, that lamp you told me to get, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, my electric bill went up. <laughs> don't buy it off uh,
0: eBay, and it turns out to be a, a heat lamp from 1978, <laughs> and you get sunburned and burn down your office.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're always saying, please check with professionals, uh, your electrician and also your uh, your physician on this. This is a great story. A graduate student named Ben Berman uh, was in Philadelphia working on his postgraduate degree. And he decided, you know, I've got to have a pandemic project. So he worked on his pizza recipe. Well, then he got to a point, he goes, man, I've got all these pizzas sitting in my house. I can't eat them all. He actually created a system. He had a second floor apartment a box and a pulley. And in Philadelphia at the time, during the pandemic, they had pretty strict social distancing guidelines, but he would lower pizzas to his friends and they'd put money in the box. He'd wheel the box back up and he donated the money to nonprofits.
0: That is so, that is such a great story. We love hearing stories like that. Did he, did he lower the pizza first and just trust that they'd put the money in the box, or
1: well, you put the money in the box first? Friends. So, <laughs> yes, presumably your friends would not steal your pizza. Though I've got a couple of friends, you know, you, you never know. <laughs> yeah, a couple of friends uh
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't wheel the the pizza down first. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're a little too hungry. They're not a uh, criminal, they're just hungry. Especially but, uh,
0: if they have a skateboard with them uh or rollerblades. Yes. They they'd be on the move real quick.
1: <laughs> they would be. So yeah, great story. You gave the profits to or yeah, two nonprofit organizations. And he created uh, an organization known as Good Pizza and ended up raising seventy five thousand dollars over the course of his schoolwork. Holy cow! I know. It's pretty cool. Well, now he's graduated school. He's moved to New York City, but uh, he donated the idea. the actually the the whole business he donated. To an organization called Phil Abundance. It's a food bank in the greater Philadelphia area. And they're keeping up the tradition. You can go to goodpizza.phl.com and order pizzas. I think it's Wednesdays uh, that they do the pizza. And uh, very impressive. That is. He uh, kept this up.
0: Yeah, that's great that uh, that another organization took it on too. Phil Abundance and it's goodpizaphl.com.
1: Yeah, so very cool. Uh, and he, the Phil Abundance, has received a number of donations from uh, local pizza suppliers. So they can keep the good pizza thing going. Uh, apparently, they donated a bunch of cheese and pepperoni. And the story is making me hungry. <laughs> I think I know <laughs> what I'm going to have for uh, dinner tonight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking to yourself, I got to have some pizza. It's going to be pizza. Now, I don't. Now, I don't know if we did this story, and if we did, let me know. But this story, uh, I came across this story again, and it really cracks me up. The dad who took his family on vacation, and he used an internet jammer to block his kids spending too much time on social media.
0: That's a great idea, and I don't. I, I'm, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am not familiar with this technology.
1: It's an internet jammer. It's an internet jammer. He acquired it probably you know, possibly you know you and I know the average schmo. hey eBay's out there. I'm sure they've got something.
0: <laughs> all I can think of is uh, from the movie spaceballs when their radar gets jammed and it's uh, strawberry jam <laughs> that they just dumped on the on the screen Strawberry if, jam. maybe this dad just threw jelly and <laughs> jam at his kids in the back seat when they got on their phones. Internet well, jammer. I'm, Unbelievable. I, I need to. Well, my kids are old and out of the house now. I don't need
1: it now. But that's that's something every dad needs. Well, that's the thing. This story started out literally with a well-meaning dad. However, he had taken his kids uh, to a town that's in southwest France on their holiday. And they ended up knocking out the entire town's Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh no! (laughs) Yeah, so the concern, of course, uh, the entire town obviously was reliant on that for public safety issues, so they were not particularly happy that the town's internet got knocked out. The other thing, and it's kind of a chuckle now, because obviously the story ended well, but apparently... Uh, it knocked out a, a town nearby. So the internet jammer <laughs> trademark <laughs> is apparently a pretty powerful device.
0: Wow. That is uh talk about a great commercial advertisement. It's good enough for your kids. It'll knock out the next town's internet.
1: <laughs> Think it, what it'll do to your kids. Uh, yeah. That's uh, you talk about blocking the internet. It blocks everything, including cities and nearby cities. Uh, Now, if you're thinking to yourself, like my good friend Adam here, if you're thinking to yourself, hey, this is a great idea for my kids. I got to get their faces out of the screens. Yes, getting your kids off social media on occasion and get them outside and have them do a little exercise. uh, The gentleman is facing some very hefty fines uh, as much as $60,000. So he'll, he'll have to consult with his French attorney.
0: Yes. Oh, man. That is
1: funny. And if you're thinking this sounds like a great idea, it's patently illegal in the United States. The example they gave is that if you do anything that interferes potentially with anything involving 911, obviously that's a pretty serious issue. So mm-hmm. think before you order the internet jammer. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a public service announcement. That's <laughs> a public service announcement. This was a cool story. This. It's probably not earth-shattering, but it does show you uh, how certain things have tremendous value. This week, um, a Kobe Bryant trading card. I mean, literally the kind of card that you get out of. Remember when you used to go to the store? I, it's They don't have them as much now. I think you have to actually go to memorabilia shows. Mm-hmm. But remember, you used to be able to go to the local market and pick out a pack with some bubble gum and four or five trading cards inside. Well, a Kobe Bryant card fetched 2 million dollars at an auction this week.
0: Holy cow. Had to have been his yeah. rookie year or uh maybe it well, was that's... the only card with a misprint uh, of his name or, or what was it? 2 million. That was that's really unheard of. That is unheard of. It, well, for it is. Cards.
1: Yeah, and the trading card market initially got very soft with uh, eBay because it was, you know, all of a sudden uh, fakes started appearing and it was way too easy to acquire cards. Uh, But, yeah, since that time, the last two or three years, the NFT and trading card business has become extremely robust. So that $2 million, the reason why they said that was so spectacular is – it didn't involve his rookie year because, as you know, rookie cards are kind of famous. And then there's always there's a batch of cards lately that have been issued with a small swatch of the player's uniform, and those typically uh, account for higher value because it is something that's game worn and certified and mm-hmm. part of the card itself. But this was just a straight up Kobe Bryant card, two million dollars. So, and and I guess it's easy to say, well, yeah, you could have one in your attic, but you could have one in your attic.
0: You better uh, go check all your son's
1: uh, toys right
0: now in uh, check the back us. of the bedroom. You're. Your son is uh, in college right now, out of town, moved away. Go through his trading cards right now. <laughs> right now. Find that $2 million Kobe
1: Bryant trading card. <laughs> but here's why I brought up auction. A doghouse that was hit by a meteorite is expected to fetch between 200000 and $300,000 at an upcoming Christie's auction in New York City. <laughs> I know. Let that sink in. Are they? Are they? Is there
0: video of the meteor hitting the doghouse, or did somebody just take a shovel and a boulder out in their backyard and beat the heck out of their doghouse and convince Christie's
1: that it was a meteor that did it? Well, it's interesting. They actually took the meteorite that flew through the roof of the doghouse and sold it's already been sold at a separate auction so apparently in certifying that indeed this was a meteorite and there's a way uh for scientists and people who are much smarter than i am are able to certify that yes indeed this is a part of a meteorite that flew through outer space and what is left of it is, you know, something that people really covet. Meteorites have been extremely expensive if they are certified.
0: So the conversation had to have gone between the landowner of the where the meteorite fell. The conversation had to go, hey, sold my meteorite. And, <laughs> and his buddy goes, really? Where did it, where'd it land? On the doghouse. And his his buddy must have said, I'll buy the doghouse. Sure. How how would you think, hey, this this doghouse is going to be worth something?
1: (laughs) Well, there's a collector out there that's willing to pony up a quarter of a million dollars for a doghouse that's been struck by a meteorite. And this is a legit deal. And that's why I'm bringing this up. You talk about something that's interesting. Now, see, when you go to work this week and you bring up this story, tell me. Everyone you tell the story will be interested in it.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: And this circles back to the story we we did earlier on this program about having uh, a pet and uh, having it relieve your stress and have your blood pressure go down. And uh, I I admitted I did not have a pet, but I will get a doghouse. And I will hope that doghouse gets hit by a a meteorite. My stress and blood pressure will be just fine when I sell that destroyed doghouse at auction. Very interesting, Jay Baker. Thank you uh, for that story. We'll end on that one. Uh, We always mention my uh, Twitter and Facebook. What about uh, you're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, yours? at at,
1: at J Baker Voice.
0: Okay, I uh, I see you on Twitter all the time at J Baker Voice, and uh, my Twitter account is at. Adam Ritz. Uh, We thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next week.
1: The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at Vibonomics.com.
0: For information on this broadcast, including past on demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.